welcome back to Better Together. I'm Deborah Tuff. And as many as you know, the charismatic creator and host of this podcast, Commissioner Marlene Foscu, was not reelected to the Gwinnett County Board of Commissioners. But as the first African-American elected to the Board of Commissioners, Commissioner Foscu has been a trailblazing public servant working tirelessly to create historic policy, approve transformative budgets, and improve her district. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so it's, much. It's interesting to be on this side of the chair of the table. Right. But I'm excited, too, about what God is holding for me in the future. I don't know what that is, mm-hmm. but I do know that he gave me an awesome opportunity four years ago, you know, to even come into Gwinnett County and become the first African-American county commissioner. But most importantly, what I learned from this is that I now have hundreds of thousands of people um, that I didn't know before that I now know, or at least think I know. Right. <laughs> I can now go into the grocery store and it doesn't matter what my hair looks like because, you know, sometimes I used to bump into employees and residents into the grocery store and they always had a question or they just wanted to introduce me to their family. Right. And I felt like I connected so well with our residents and with the business community. So I know and I've learned so much more and I am grateful for the opportunity. And that was going to be one of my questions, because after November, after the, the general, people were coming up to me. How's Commissioner Foscu? Have you spoken to Commissioner Foscu? How are you? I'm doing well. Um, you know, one of the things that I do know, and a lot has to do with my faith, mm-hmm. is that God has a permissive will. Right. And so what that means to me is he doesn't make mistakes. So if one door closes, he has another door that were truly open. And so I'm excited about the next. I don't know what it is, but I do know that I want to stay in Gwinnett and just continue to be visible in the community and make the best possible choices that I can. Because when it's all said and done, it really is about our residents. It's about the county and the growth. It's about the changes that we've made, whether it was with the police department, fire department, any of our departments. We've made a lot of progress in four years, and I'm most proud about that. So let's go back four years ago. We, you, we've had this conversation several times you were not the first choice for this seat. This is something that you hadn't even thought about. And people were coming up to you at the time, just Marlene, yes. saying, we think you need to run for office. What made you actually do it? Just um, looking at the changes that we needed back in 2018, when I thought about how can I make a difference, when I looked at our board of commissioners at the time, and I really didn't see people who might have represented the community. Our community have become more and more diverse as we continue to grow. And I wanted to be that person to help lead. And when I do... One of the things that I remember is a saying that I created this year that says that diversity is our our power, is our strength. But what I love about that, the ending of that is when inclusivity is our superpower. So diversity is our strength when um, diversity is our strength when inclusivity is our superpower. And why is that important? Because we need everybody at the table. And so when I look at the young people that move into our areas, when I look at the old, the seniors, because no one wants to be called old now, but the seniors, I knew that we had to do things. We had to come up with programs where in services that would help to enrich their lives. And so I'm glad to be a part of that. Old is the new 20, by the way. Just putting it out there. Uh, well, it just depends <laughs> on who you're talking to, but it sounds good. Now, 
when you say inclusivity is our superpower, we saw that happen over uh, the last four years. And then with this new administration, one of the highlights of your career that really just took that and ran with it was Project Reset. Yes. Tell us about it and tell us how and why you thought that was important to to get out there. Well, one of the things that happened with Project Reset, it really occurred or it was generated because of COVID. Mm -hmm. None of us wanted COVID to happen. But when it did, it really caused people to lose their jobs. And in some instances, people were losing their homes. And so myself, Chief Magistrate Bloom, um, and also Matt Elder, who was our Home First um, Director, we were just standing around in the hallway talking about evictions, and I have never been in the courtroom when that has happened. So uh, Magistrate Bloom invited me into her courtroom, and when I began to see the people and hear some of their stories of why, of why they didn't want to be evicted and how somebody lost a job or someone was sick, I was like, we can do something. And the three of us came up with that program called Project Reset. Award-winning now. Yes, it is. It and, is. And recognized, I'm going to brag on you a little bit recognized folks by the White House yes. as the go-to program and what what is the, the term best practices mm-hmm. for counties across the state. They were like, Gwinnett County is doing it right. And it started with the conversation in the hallway. Right. Trying to make a difference, you know, and what can we do? And actually our staff, our financial staff, the grants office, they are phenomenal because it was easy for me to go and negotiate internally about how much money we can allocate in the beginning. But they actually did all the work. So I, I may get the credit from being the commissioner for coming up with it or, or collaborating on that. But it's really our staff for making it such an easy process. When the, the first one, we actually work with the landlords. And on the second part of Project Reset 2.0, we still work with the landlords. But an additional amount of funding was available that we even paid for utilities. Because it's important that if people are laid off on, off of work, that they can have access to the internet. Because how are you going to look for a job today if you don't have internet services? So that is one of the benefits too. And thus far, we know that this particular program sunset this month and in the month of November, but $80 million was allocated and we helped over 22,000 residents right here in Gwinnett County to stay stably housed. And speaking of staff, Speaking of conversations in the hallway, if you have not met Commissioner Foscu, like she is one of the warmest individuals. In fact, folks in Gwinnett County government call her everyone's favorite auntie because she she meets you. It's not like she doesn't know you. She may have never met you, but you feel like you met her years ago, that she was a childhood aunt. <laughs> That's you. Tell us about and A lot of people don't know this. You actually every Friday pick up the phone and you go through Gwinnett County's internal phone book and you just pick up and call random staff members to check on them. Let's talk about that. Well, I did that my first two years, two to three years, um, because it was important to me to reach out to our employees. And I really didn't know the positions, all the positions in the county. I mean, I had no idea some of the job titles. And so I would look through the um, our corporate employee address book. And I would look through that and I would find um, it might be an appraiser. 
I didn't realize we had appraisers as jobs that, you know, work. And I would call them. And then, of course, admins. And I even called the fire department because I wanted to talk to the fire police. But that was a little bit harder because they're on shifts and everything like that. And when I did, I would just say, well, how are you doing? And I did this especially during COVID Mm -hmm. to let them know that we cared. You know, I said, is it something that you need? And then to be able to know what our resources are and direct that person to the resources was even a blessing. And we learned a lot from that because, for example, one of the things we know our employees struggle, several of our employees struggle with housing as far as for down um, deposits and things like that. And so to know and to hear someone's story that says, I really could use help from the county, we didn't have a program set up, but we're looking to do that in the future. And that came from a conversation with an employee on one of those Fridays. Wow. And everything with you is a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like talking to you, you don't feel like I'm talking to a commissioner because you make everyone feel like a person. Yes. You let us know we're people and right. you're a person too. Um, looking back, and what were some of those highlights of your career in Gwinnett County? Oh, my goodness. There absolutely, absolutely are many. Um, one of the things I learned about in Gwinnett is that Everyone tells us how not to go to jail, but no one tells us no. So we continue to try. Even this program right here, I'm the first in the county to have a podcast, and it was important to me to be able to tell our story. A lot of times in Gwinnett County, we don't tell of all the great things and the services and the programs that we may have. And so as I began to build this in the team that we had to help me build the podcast, who have been phenomenal, we know we tried to make sure we had people in the community from Dr. Rohner to, you know, police chief um, McClure to just so many people, including both chairwomen um, we have with Charlotte Nash, as well as um, chairwoman Nicole Love Hendrickson. And just whatever what was relevant, we want to make sure that the community was aware of it. And so one of the things that I really am proud about, too, is just communications. When myself and Commissioner Koo came on in 2019, the county wasn't even really on Facebook, and we definitely wasn't on Instagram. And so we pushed for that to happen because we realized that it's very important for our residents to understand what's going on in Gwinnett County. And so from that, of course, now there's a communication department, lots of great people joining. But it's only it's only because there's more work to do, more videos to do. It's a lot more work to do in here. My other uh, program that I am happy about, too, was I remember my first year in 2019 was we, we had a second chance month. And that was the month of March. And I did a proclamation for that because it's important that even in our society, we have people returning to returning to their local communities, people who have gone to jail or prison and now that they're out. And I think it's very important for us to give them a second chance. You know, and how do you do that? How do you set up programming and connect people who may be walking on that particular path? And so we recognize them. Another um thing that we did, when I say thing, service that we rendered was, uh, I remember in 2020, when there was a lot of Black Lives Matters protests going on in our community, I thought it was powerful to be out in the streets with the young people and the young adults, and I was. But the other thing that I did was I hosted a young adult summit, saying the benefit and impact. And one of the reasons why is 
because I knew it was important for people to march and to protest, but you have to come into an area where legislators are and tell us what you want. What is the policy? What are you looking for? And out of that conversation, I worked with the previous uh, or the former police chief, Brett West, and we were able to create a citizen's advisory board, a police citizen's advisory board. So those are the type of things that it was like line upon line and precept upon precept that we were building programs and services that would be sustainable, whether I'm here or not. And that's and and, and that's that whole stance. Uh, diversity is our diversity is our strength. When it when inclusivity is our superpower. And then on the faith side, I've heard you say this a lot, helping the least of these. Yes. Tell us about your faith. Well, with my faith, I just believe I can do anything. And I know that I was placed in this position, or I believe I was placed in this position to help bring people together. To It's very important for us to all understand that diversity means that you value someone else's lived experiences. And they may not be what our experiences were, but they are still theirs. And if they are in our community, what can we do to help enrich their life or help to improve the quality of life through the services that we render or the policies that we make? And that's why it's very important to me that there's a group that we have talked about for years through our unified plans called um, service workers. And sometimes we forget about our service workers. Mm -hmm. Our service workers are the ones that you see that are tailors in the bank, workers in the grocery store. Even in our county, they may be the ones who work part-time or they may be the ones who work in the park. But so often that we, we know about the CEOs and we know about middle managers. Right. Then we look at the workforce and we love our workforce. Our workforce group, that's to us, um, is, you know, law enforcement and firefighters and teachers and nurses. But then when you get to the service workers, we don't hear anything. Mm -hmm. And during COVID, those service workers were looked at as essential workers. But now that we're not in COVID, it's hard for service workers to find a place to, to live in Gwinnett County because of the cost of housing. And so, so often you see places um, that may say for hired. I saw a sign when I was coming in today at a restaurant that they're hiring for $12 an hour. You can't live in Gwinnett County for $12 an hour. You, know, you can't do that. Right. So we have to look and we have to think about housing. We have to think about our service workers. And most importantly, we just want to look at the diversity that we have in Gwinnett and realize that all of us together, that we can really work on a brighter future for Gwinnett. Mm -hmm. And you've brought up COVID-19 and the pandemic several times during this conversation. So I feel it would be disingenuous not to talk about what it was like to lead, help lead a county during those initial uncertain times where folks thought that if you touched a box, you could get COVID. And then you have those frontline workers, those firemen, those police officers who have to be out in the streets because they still have to do their jobs. What was it like back then? It was very challenging. And one of the reasons why is because there were some of our employees who couldn't go home. Mm -hmm. They were out there. And so that was very important for me during that time frame. It was um, with chairman at that time, Charlotte Nash, that she and I was basically at every meeting 
And we, it was a choice that we made. Yeah. But I always wanted to do that because I wanted to make sure that the employees who couldn't work remotely, because we did allow um, thousands of employees to work at home, that they saw us. You know, that we were there because they were there. I still came in. You know, of course, we had PPE um, equipment and things like that, but we wanted to make sure that everyone's well equipped. It was really challenging because there were so many people who have children and the schools were closed or schools may not have been closed. And what do you do? But we came up as a board, we came up with great policies that helped to help them to get through those that time frame. Um, one of the things, too, during COVID, and I keep talking about that because Gwinnett County was blessed, and we still are. And we were blessed because we were able to receive money directly from the federal government because we had our population was over 500,000. And because of that, it's easier to maneuver. And we receive hundreds of thousands, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, to be honest. And that helped us to move the county forward and to make sure people were equipped. And one of the uh, one of the things I do want to add right here, I really fought for our small businesses. We wanted to make sure that we took out of all of the money that we received, the CARES dollars, we took $30 million and we set it aside for our small businesses, either through grants or through loans. And that was important because it helped to stabilize our county, you know. So there's so many memories that I have from that and so many relationships, but it was a challenging time. And we were, as we, as everyone knows, we are resilient and we were able to pivot. Now moving forward. Yes. Moving forward. December 31st comes January 1st, 2023. What happens to you? Well, I'll probably be at somebody's house eating black eyed peas and collard greens. And cornbread. Don't forget it. Yep. Got to do it. It's just a new, for me, I feel like it's a, it's going to be a new time. Um, I'm open. Like I said, I don't have any set plans now, but anything can happen between now and then. I will take some time out to spend with my granddaughter, you know. But most importantly, I don't feel like I'm going to sit in a pew at church. God has equipped me with so many opportunities. In this particular role as commissioner, I am certified on the city level as a certified, you know, planning Mm -hmm. on the county level. I have great relationships on the state level and the federal and even on the regional. I was recently a graduate of the Atlanta Regional Commission, uh, Regional Leadership Institute. So why am I sharing all that? Because it gives me a perspective of what's going on, regardless of what level it is in county and state and regional um, government. But I know that all of those things that I've learned will take me to the next level, right. whatever it may be. So that's why I'm so open and I'm positive. And one of the things that's very important to me, and I appreciate this last podcast, because I think it's just as, a, as important as it was when I enter. It's just as important as how I exit. Yeah. And to exit gracefully, knowing that in four years, the challenges that, you know, that we went, we overcame but also the programs that we left that are sustainable. That's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was just, I mean, that's just a glimpse. We saw a small glimpse. Um, I was looking at some of the things that you accomplished, just some of them. It was a page long and that was done in two years. And then with the new administration, three more pages. Yeah. And it's from the small things to the big things. But that's what you represent. It doesn't matter 
if you have what's considered a small title, or you could be the chairwoman. You treat everyone the same. Right, because even though my title was commissioner, I just saw people as people. I remember when I first came to Gwinnett as a commissioner, I came in the building and I spent a day or a day and a half with each department out of 14 departments. And I remember being in IT. And so the manager at the time wanted me to speak to all the employees. But in the corner of my eye, I can see one of our housekeeping staff who I didn't know either. And I said, wait a minute. And then I ran over there and introduced myself to even housekeeping because everyone brings value and we have to respect that. And so I love doing the job in the role of a commissioner, but the title, I wasn't about title. I'm about people, you know? Yeah. And with that said, because you have a vast experience in the private sector, you retired from Mm -hmm. AFLAC, correct? No, Aetna. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but then you have public, yes. so you can combine that. Absolutely. What advice would you give, because you love the young folks, who you, I'm sure you're going to stay in touch with. What advice would you give them on just service, public service? If, and if they're watching you and they're like, you know what? I could see myself doing that in 20 years. What would you tell them? I would tell any young person, I do have a son who's 33, so I'm used to talking to young, young people in a way. And, but I would tell them to believe in themselves, to find someone who would help mentor and help take them to the next level. One of the things that I personally believe in, and I would say this to them, is to create your own personal board of directors. See, everyone has to have someone in their life or a group of people to help make them a better person. So you go out and seek someone who, for example, if you don't know a certain language, talk to that person. How do I learn that? Right. If you're not, if your assets are, or if your attributes are not stronger in finance, find someone who, who may be and let them pour into you. And so with a personal board of directors, you can switch them out anytime that you want to. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who's been my friend for 30 years. You don't place anyone on a board of directors who's a yes mm. You place people who's going to push you. You know, you say, hey, I want to do this. How can I get here? And people who support you even uh, will be on that board. Right. Even before you release anything in social media or the newspaper or anything like that, run it by some of your personal board of directors. And they will stop you and say, hey, I don't know if you want to say that. Are you sure? Right. Or they might say, oh, this is good. Mm-hmm. Keep doing. So I always feel that no one is no man is an island and no young person is an island. But you have to pray and seek out the right people to help you get to the next level. Wow. Wow. With that said, any final thoughts? What would you like? One of my taglines was and is we're much better working together. Again, it builds on the inclusivity again. As Gwinnett continues to grow and to change, people will come to Gwinnett. And our infrastructure is stronger than what people think it is. And so I say that that we have to be open to receiving people who come. And we have to have a plan. We have to work through the housing challenges, the transportation challenges, all of that. It's going to come. Wow. And it's here now. Yeah. It's here. And so I intend and I think everyone should be more involved in their local go- county government right. or their city government. And we can all go and, you know, make wherever space, wherever you live, just a better place. So embrace your space. 
There you go. Embrace your space. And thank you. And thank you for embracing Gwinnett. Thank you for embracing me. Thank you. <laughs> it's been a joy. It has been a pleasure working with Actually, you. Actually, it's been laughter. <laughs> Pretty much. That's all we do is just laugh. Yeah. And that's the way it should be. Thank you so much. While her journey as a commissioner comes to an end, I'm sure this will not be the last time we hear from Commissioner Foscue, everyone's favorite auntie, by the way. Until the end of her term later this month, you can find this episode and others on your favorite podcast platform or by visiting the podcast section on GwinnettCounty.com. You can also watch the video version of the podcast on TV Gwinnett and Vimeo 24-7. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thank you, Commissioner Foskey, for taking your time and letting me take your famous seat. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank Bye. You. Bye.